Rates of Criminality Amongst Giving Pledge Signatories By Ben West Summary 1. I investigate the rates of criminal misconduct amongst people who have taken the giving pledge, roughly. Roughly 200, nonier, billionaires who have pledged to give most of their money to charity. 2. I find that rates are fairly high. A. 25% of signatories have been accused of financial misconduct, and 10% convicted. B. 4% of signatories have spent at least one day in prison. C. Overall, 41% of signatories have had at least one allegation of substantial misconduct, financial, sexual, or otherwise. 3. I estimate that giving pledges are not less likely, and possibly more likely, to commit financial crimes than Y Combinator entrepreneurs. 4. I am unable to find evidence of the giving pledge doing anything to limit the risk of criminal behavior amongst its members. 5. I conclude that the rate of criminal behavior amongst major philanthropists is high, which means that we should not expect altruism to substantially lower the risks compared to that of the general population, and that negative impacts to EA's public perception may occur independently of whether our donors actually commit crimes, for example because even non-criminal billionaires have a negative public image. There's an image here in the text. Heading. Methodology. 1. I copied the list of signatories from their website. 2. Gina Stewacy and I searched the internet for, name, lawsuit, name, crime and also looked at their Wikipedia page. 3. I categorized any results into, financial, sexual, and, other, and also marked if they had spent at least one day in jail. 4. Gina and I eventually decided that the data collection process was too time-consuming, and we stopped partway through. The final dataset includes 115 of the 232 signatories. 5. Data can be found here. Subheading. How well do convictions correspond with immoral behavior? 1. It is a well-worn take that our legal system overly protects white-collar criminals. If an employee steals $20 from the cash register, that's a criminal offense that the police will prosecute, but if an employer underpays their employees by $20 that's a civil offense where the police don't get involved. 2. I found that the punishment of the criminals in my data set correlated extremely poorly with my intuition for how immorally they had behaved. A. It would be funny if it weren't sad that one of the longest prison sentences in my data set is from Kjell Inger RKK a Norwegian businessman who was convicted of having an illegal license for his yacht. 3. One particular way in which white-collar offenses are weird is that they often allow the defendant to settle without admitting wrongdoing. For example my guess is that Philip Frost is guilty, but his settlement with the SEC does not require him to admit wrongdoing. A. I wasn't able to find a single person who admitted guilt in a sexual misconduct case, despite roughly 7% of the signatories being accused including in high-profile cases like people involved with Jeffrey Epstein. 4. I was considering trying to add some classification like, Ben thinks this person is guilty, but decided that this would be too time-consuming and subjective. A. Nonetheless, if you want my subjective opinion, my guess is that most of the people who were accused of financial misconduct are guilty of immoral behavior, under a common-sense morality definition of the term. 5. Less controversially, some of these cases are ongoing, and presumably at least some of them will result in convictions, which makes looking only at the current conviction rate misleading. 6. In any case though, I believe that this data set establishes that the base rate of both criminal and immoral behavior is fairly high among major philanthropists, no matter how you slice the data. Subheading. Some representative cases.
Here are a few cases to give some flavor of what giving pledge signatories have been accused of. There's a table here in the text. Heading. Are giving pledge signatories less likely to commit financial crimes? 1. I previously estimated that 1-2% of Y Combinator-backed companies with valuations over $100 million had serious allegations of fraud. 2. While not all giving pledge signatories are entrepreneurs, a large fraction are, which makes this a reasonable reference class. An even better reference class would be, non-signatory billionaires, of course. 3. We might naively think that giving pledge signatories, being charitably minded, are less likely to commit financial crimes, but if anything, it seems like the opposite is true. A. Roughly 10% of signatories being convicted of financial misconduct, and roughly 25% accused versus roughly 1% of Y Combinator companies is a stark difference. 4. I have a few possible explanations. A. Giving pledge signatories tend to run publicly traded companies, whereas Y Combinator companies are usually private, and it is easier to be charged with financial misconduct if your company is publicly traded. B. Giving pledge signatories are wealthier, and therefore more lucrative targets for prosecution. C. Giving pledge signatories are older, and have had more time to accumulate charges. D. This book argues that white-collar criminals generally do not see their behavior as immoral because humans' moral intuitions don't fit a white-collar world. For example someone who is unusually moral might be more willing to give money to a homeless person on the street, but they aren't any less likely to aggressively depreciate assets in a quarterly earnings statement, because the latter does not pattern match to our intuitions of a, im, moral decision. 5. I have not looked into any of these explanations deeply but from a pragmatic perspective it seems clear that we should not expect that altruistically-minded HNWIs are, notably less likely to commit financial crimes than the average person with the opportunity to do so. Heading. Giving Pledge Response to Criminal Behavior. 1. As far as I can tell, the Giving Pledge is quite hands-off, and has not commented on the criminal behavior of some of its members or attempted to prevent criminal behavior. I can't find a single press release from them saying anything. The profiles of people like Michael Milliken are sitting there without even a small banner saying, we don't endorse crimes, etc. A. The only thing I am aware of is two cases in which they have silently removed profiles. T. Denny Sanford was removed after accusations of child pornography, and Sam Bankman-Fried was removed after charges of defrauding investors. 2. I have heard secondhand that they screen signatories beforehand, but cannot find any public documentation of their screening. And, as evidenced by the statistics reported here, any such screening does not seem to be terribly effective. 3. I'm not surprised that they didn't make any actually consequential reforms, but I am surprised that they don't for example issue press releases making some milquetoast statement about crime being bad. Heading. PR impacts. 1. The Giving Pledge, and billionaire philanthropy more generally, receives a lot of criticism. 2. Despite this, I can find very little criticism referencing the fact that many of these signatories are criminals. 3. My, perhaps uncharitable, interpretation is that there are some people who believe that billionaire philanthropy is immoral, and some who don't, but very few who take the nuanced view that some but not all billionaire philanthropy is immoral. A. Someone told me that they think this is a blind spot of EACE in general. The major risk of having wealthy or powerful people support your movement is that they may co-opt it toward their own goals, and that risk is largely independent of whether or not that person commits crimes, so the public is correctly not updating very much based on a certain movement's donors being criminals. 
B. This fits with information I've heard from university group organizers. University students sometimes distrust EA because of ties to big tech or Silicon Valley billionaires, and the more specific worry that some of these billionaires may have committed crimes does not affect their trust as much. Heading. Implications for EA. 1. It seems fairly likely that any engagement with an ultra-high net worth donor carries a substantial risk, that the donor will turn out to have engaged in criminal behavior or will in the future. A. Some EA organizations use services that screen potential donors, but I am skeptical that these services will meaningfully decrease the risk of criminal behavior among these individuals, or be able to accurately identify which people are most likely to commit white-collar crimes. 2. We should also be aware that engagement with ultra-high net worth donors carries a risk of damaging EA's public perception, and that this risk may be partially independent of whether the donors are actually criminal. Thanks especially to Gina Stewacy for help with this article, but it also benefited from feedback from Jake McKinnon, Zach Robinson, Ben Ratchbark, Will McCaskill, Jason, and Julia Wise. This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio for the Effective Altruism Forum. It was first published on January 22, 2024. The original text contained nine footnotes which were omitted from the narration. To report an issue or give feedback on this narration, go to t3a.is.